Cade, joined by a special guest today, a guy that here in NASCAR circles may not have heard his name a ton of times in the last few years, but he's certainly part of the world and in my world as a traffic reporter and as a NASCAR reporter, they collide with Patrick Carpentier, the Canadian driver who's made a splash at open wheel for many years and made the crossover to NASCAR. And now, Patrick, I'm being told by our friend Deborah Robertson that you're also helping battle the distracted driving epidemic. So before we get to that, happy Monday to you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Yeah, beautiful day here in uh, Vermont, so that's good. I'm glad to hear it. So you're, oh, you're in Vermont, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just close to the border and uh, on the U.S. side by uh, Lake Champlain and stuff, so I love it. I love it, actually. Wow, that's cool. So how long have you lived in Vermont, then? Actually, we just moved... Uh, last august of last year so it hasn't been uh very long we're in montreal for a few years and then uh, in vegas for uh, 12 years before that so that was a uh, different <laughs> all over the place making a big triangle over north america i like that yeah, so yeah, well, Matt, you'll turn right, it into a square right. and make the yucatan peninsula the next uh you know sideways square <laughs> something like that so <laughs> and since i'm really bad at geometry okay so what i want to do patrick is ask you a little bit so i do want to ask you some racing questions but i think your biggest association right now is with distracted driving and with car star body shops is that right yeah exactly we uh we just uh toured in uh in quebec and uh, trying to make uh bring awareness to uh the dangers of uh texting while driving, and it's funny because it's uh, Deborah that uh, called me and talked to me about it, and my daughter, uh, she's 17, and she's actually taking her uh, license uh, uh, to drive on the streets and all that, and I couldn't believe it. She uh, she just keeps texting and texting and texting, mm-hmm. and i got to keep uh, reminding her to uh, stop doing that, and uh, it's pretty bad, actually. It's a, it's a habit that's going to become... Uh, Worst and worst uh, with the kids uh, getting their license and the young kids especially. So what what is it, what are you doing then to combat that? So you've got a daughter that does it, but then you know that other people are. So what are some of the things that you, as an experienced, well, professional expert driver, are doing to uh, talk to the great unwashed like myself about this? Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard. I mean, we've discussed this with uh, quite a few people and uh, uh, different manufacturers and stuff like that, and it's so natural for them to have their phones uh, in their hand that's how they communicate nowadays they don't call their friends they just text they're on instagram and they spend a lot of time doing that and uh, for them if you uh, take their phone away then they go uh, they go nuts only for uh, a few uh, a few minutes so the best trick is to either put it in the glove box or uh, turn it over and put it on silence uh, if you if you don't see the screen there's a lot less chance you're going to use that phone so and if it's really really bad then you have to put it in the trunk but for them it's almost uh, impossible i was talking with someone and i think they're gonna have i'm surprised actually they don't have that nowadays that when you sit in a car uh, the texting function is disabled automatically and i'm surprised that the cell phone companies didn't get with the manufacturers to do that so at least you still have access to your phone if you need to uh have an emergency or something like that or or uh, now we have hands free so it's not too bad but texting uh, is becoming in canada i know the second most important uh, cause for uh, uh, major accidents 
And I hear you say that, and Canada actually has strict hands-free laws, don't they? Because uh, when we developed our traffic app, our, which is called the Triple Team Traffic Alerts app, here in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, where I am, uh, we we have very uh, liberal hands-free laws around here. And up until recently, we just passed a new one. But the developers for this app that that worked with us, they are in Canada, and their stri- their restrictions were pretty high. So even with those strict laws in Canada, it's still considered an epidemic? It is. It is more and more. And actually, it's uh, almost the number one cause of uh, major crashes and deaths in Canada. And I wow. think in a few years, it's going to become the number one cause. So it's uh, it's really bad. It's uh, going up very, very quickly. And I think it's going to get... Uh, because for us, it's not as bad. Like for me, I'll... I'll even for me, sometimes it's hard. I got to put it away to uh, not do it. And I think it's the same thing for everyone because today we're all in a hurry. You know, we all want we all want to uh, keep doing business, keep doing our stuff, even though we're in the car. That's the time we take to do the business, and that's a bad thing. I remember the days when uh, we had to stop the car, go to a, a, a phone booth to make a phone call. So uh, these <laughs> days are long gone, and now it's. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot more distraction, actually. And I've been driving since 2002, I guess it was. So I've been driving a licensed driver since around that time. And even the phone booth thing was really past my time. Okay, although I, I didn't really get into having a cell phone <laughs> until a few years later. That's that that shows how long it's been since the phone booth days. We're here with Patrick Carpentier, former NASCAR driver, and I'm sure you know still dabbling in other wheels as well. But before we get to that, I want to ask you some more about distracted driving. So. You, you're in Vermont now, and Georgia has just become, as I mentioned, the 16th state to have some sort of hands-free restrictions. Here in Georgia, we can't touch our cell phones now when we – well, no, we can't hold our cell phones or prop them on our body or you know hold them to make a phone call. It, we're allowed to touch them and do certain functions with them, but it, you have to have your hands off of it. You can't be holding it. And so in Vermont and maybe the area that you're living now, a lot of times I've seen rules be more strict. New York comes to mind. So – where you're living now, is that something that you're trying to work with in the United States, or is your main focus with CarStar still in Canada? Yeah, we're still uh, up in Canada that we're uh, trying to do it, because if you look at the laws up in uh, Canada, and especially up in uh, Montreal, uh, they're really, really severe. I mean, if your car is running, even though you're parked, and you're, uh, you have your cell phone in your hand, you're talking on it, or you're texting, then you'll get a ticket. Uh, so it's really uh, to the extreme. You don't even have to be uh, running on the road or uh, driving somewhere to uh, to get ticketed. So it's uh, but it doesn't stop it. That's what the problem is. That's what the the issues they're going to be facing in the future is that it just it just uh, kids don't believe in it. They don't they don't care. They don't think it's a bad thing, and they don't realize that it only. According to uh, statistics, it only takes three seconds for uh, a teenager to get involved in a, in a really bad crash. So three seconds with your eyes off the road is not is not a long time. And often when we text, the problem is that we forget that we're driving. We get so involved in the yeah. texting that you forget you're driving. And that's when the, the, the big crashes happen. And that happens to everybody. 
Again, we're talking with Patrick Carpentier here, former NASCAR driver, and really involved with distracted driving here. And how did you get involved in this? So, Car Star, Debbie tells me, is the company that you partnered with. With it, it makes sense an auto collision shop or chain of shops. So, I mean, was it just through the sponsor? Was it something that you brought to them? Was it something that because they brought you to it, you became passionate about? How did Patrick Carpentier become a distracted driving spokesperson? Yeah, it was a timing of things because at the time I was uh, teaching my daughter uh, on the road and stuff like that. And they called me and uh, we talked about it. And uh, that's what they mentioned. Like a lot of the cars they get that they have to fix, for sure it's a good business for them. But he says sometimes the stories you hear and and what it is are uh, horrible. I mean, uh, some of the things they see, things they see often, the kids don't see it and they don't realize uh, how bad it can be. So... And I was just uh, reading this morning, uh, uh, like a daughter uh, uh, was involved in a crash, she killed her dad and her son. And uh, so it's, uh, I mean, a lot of bad things happen. And for them, they wanted to uh, put the words out. It's like, because uh, I think it's getting worse than uh, than uh, driving uh, under the influence, because uh, it's the same thing. If you don't have your eyes on the road, then it's it's really bad. And we all all have the same thing i mean we'll take a slight left and then we'll keep texting texting and then boom that's how it happens so it's just uh something that you can fight with awareness same thing they do with uh, uh driving while uh drunk you know they're trying to bring awareness they're trying to tell people how bad it is and actually uh, the stats show that uh texting while driving is getting worse as far as accident is more dangerous than if you'd be drinking so uh, i'm telling you yeah in the future it's going to be a a big uh, problem that's certainly something to draw attention to and cars now have the infotainment system so you could do a lot of these interactions hands-free but AAA here in the United States and the United States National Highway Transportation Safety Association have said that even hands-free is still considered distracted driving so we're not just talking about putting your hands on your phone really overall any kind of distraction that involves communication with your device or with your car has been shown to be way more distracting than just the time you may take your eyes off the road because you're thinking about the text, you're thinking about the the next song that's playing or podcast or or WSB radio, okay? You know, right? If, if you're trying to change the radio station, so you got, can't forget that, okay? So, Patrick, I want to I want to ask one of your last NASCAR races, at least at a competitive ride was what, I think about 2011 or 12 up in Montreal. And I want to know, and that, that wreck that spun you out, was Stephen Wallace texting and driving? I just want to know, did you ever find out, <laughs> did Rusty tell you if Steve was texting in the number 66 when he hit you in the 99? Yeah, we got a, we had someone in the grandstands that took a picture and we could see he was texting. No, no. <laughs> I'm oh, kidding. But, uh, no, that was, uh, that was racing. I was, I was mad at the time, but... Uh, that was uh, all good, all fun racing. We had uh, we had a good time. I raced for uh, 27 years. Don't do it as much anymore. I did a couple of uh, Monster Energy Cup races uh, two years ago, Sonoma and uh, Indianapolis. And then I realized that, uh, oh, my God, if you don't do this all the time, uh, you lose your uh, your edge a little bit. So that was uh, that was fun, but that was, uh, that was pretty tough, actually. And it gets really hot inside these... Uh, NASCAR and that was uh, that was pretty tough. I trained uh, a few months before, 
but still I was not uh, prepared enough for it. So I decided that uh, don't do it as much. Now I'm in uh, construction and we buy and sell properties and things like that. So it's a bit different than what I've uh, I've done in the past, but uh, I love it though. Well, I should have added that to your title, construction and real estate developer, Patrick Carpentier. Do you, how much do you follow? So you're not driving now, but I did see a YouTube video, and I don't know how old it was, of you testing a Formula E car. Well, how recent was that, and what did you think of those all-electric Formula-style cars? Oh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, actually. That was last year, so uh, it was uh, it was in Spain, and uh, I loved it, actually. Loved it. It's a fun car to drive. It reminded me of the uh, Formula Atlantic that I drove for uh, uh, for a few years, and it's a uh, it's a cool car. It's very complicated. Talking about texting while driving, I mean, just uh, following up uh, all the strategies and things you got to do on the steering wheel uh, with these cars to uh, uh, to save energy and to do that was very very uh, uh, difficult. But uh, it's a fun car to drive, and I think the one that's coming uh, next year. Uh, in year uh, five, that's going to be the fifth season of the Formula Electric. is going to be twice as powerful and it's going to be much more uh, wow. efficient. So I think uh, that's the way uh, electric cars are going, and uh, you'll see more and more of them uh, on the streets. That, that, yeah, and I think that'll be interesting to see as the OEMs start to switch more and more electric, how that uh, unfolds in NASCAR, which is still very, you know, eight-cylinder gas and all, all of that kind of thing. How much do you follow racing in general, and what series do you follow as a fan if you still even follow it? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. We cover uh, all the NASCAR uh, uh, Xfinity and uh, Monster Energy races uh, up in Montreal. So every weekend I go down to Montreal, we go in the studio, and I do the the French side of uh, the NASCAR stuff, so I'm nice. pretty happy about that. I love it. I follow it uh, every weekend. We followed Daytona last weekend and uh, enjoyed it very much. So I, I follow NASCAR uh, a lot. And you were a part of the sport. You're the season really that you were firmly in NASCAR when you ran 24 of the 36 races in 2008, and and that was a time where the economy was downturned and Gillette Everham Motorsports was probably getting ready to hit rock bottom and soon they merged in 2009 so you, you probably had an unfortunate time to have a rookie season but you started really you, your advent in nascar was right really when the tide was turning against the sport it seemed like what do you think about in the 10 years since then the trajectory of the sport and it, what what things have you observed as a racer who's been looking at it from the outside too yeah if i'm looking at racing uh in general one thing i've uh I've realized is that uh, any sport right now is uh, much tougher than it used to be uh, to get uh, people in the stands and to get people to watch it. And, and NASCAR uh, has races that are three, four, five hours long, so it's a fairly long uh, race uh, on Sunday. But they have good racing. I mean, they had a fantastic race uh, this weekend. But even though they have a good show, it's never good enough for uh, the younger generation. They want action all the time. They want the highs to be higher than the last one they've seen. And so it's changing. I mean, and now they have the e-sports, a lot of electronic sports. And I was talking to a bunch of kids uh, that was a couple of weeks ago and uh, didn't have any clue about uh, racing in general, NASCAR, F1, or whatever it was. But, man, they knew about the e-sport and the e-racing and the, the series they're trying to uh, get involved into and the video games and things like that. So it, it's a different world that uh, we live in today. And sports today have to compete with the Internet and so many different things worldwide. 
uh, in the past. I mean, that's all you had on TV was NASCAR and a football game, and then that was pretty much uh, pretty much it. You know, basketball, whatever it was. But today's in today's world, they have so many different things they can watch, and so many sports that compete for the same audience that it, it's making it uh, more and more and more difficult. And we see it. I mean, we see it in the stands. We see it everywhere. And this is what uh, the biggest challenge for uh, any racing series is going to be uh, in the future. Uh, certainly. I think that's something that I, I really hope and trust that the leadership of NASCAR can embrace and we can try to write things in this sport. Well, uh, one more question for you. Because your career in NASCAR, at least as a full-time driver, was fairly short, do you look back on it and say, have any regrets or things you would have done differently to prolong your career, come at a different time or a different team or a situation, or or did it all happen just the right way for you? Yeah, it's the way it happened. It's funny because I wish I would have gone to the uh, truck series or Xfinity series before I went to uh, the Monster Cup series. I mean, the Monster uh, Energy series is uh, is way, way, way more. Uh, uh, difficult and more competitive and and these guys were uh, born in that kind of racing with the late models and all the tracks and the short tracks and they they have they come into it with a lot of experience and I did not but it was the only opportunity I had so if I was going to refuse it then I was not going to have uh, another one so I, I I took it and I was pretty excited about it and it's uh the most fun racing I've ever done. I loved it every weekend with these guys and being at the track, but it was uh, it was too much. And I remember at that time, it was the era of the uh, open-wheel racer. It was me, yes. Montoya, Frank Kitty, and they were like, oh, my God, we're going to take some of these guys. I think they're good. And it's the same thing Sam today Ornish. with the <laughs> young. Yes, yeah, Sam Ornish, that's right, with the young drivers now like the last few years it's let's get a young guy let's get a young guy but i want to have a young guy but he still haven't won much uh, eric jones won uh, last weekend but it takes a uh, time it takes a long time to bring uh, a race car driver up to speed to be ready for the monster energy series so that's the only regret i have i wish i would have gone up the ladder uh, and i think it would have been better but uh, honestly uh i had such a good time i, I feel uh, i was blessed to uh, to do it even for three quarters of a season yeah and i think nascar is blessed to have you too well a tree good luck in all this distracted driving stuff and uh, we here at wsb will certainly be in touch to learn more about that that's been a big initiative here at georgia that we've been trying to be on top of so we're, we're glad that there's champions for you like it out there oh, i appreciate it thanks so much and thanks for having me this morning uh, glad to patrick carpentier Real estate developer, constructor, driver, and distracted driving spokesperson for Car Star Body <laughs> Shops. Sir, I hope you have a wonderful week there. You, you, you sound happy. It doesn't even seem like a Monday, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Patrick Carpentier joining us here as a champion for distracted driving. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.